Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Andrew Ferguson, who you know as a wit, as a raconteur, but you did not know that he was, in fact, at one time, a uh, promising musician. Is that right, Andy? Well, I made a lot of promises. That's true. (laughs) To my agent, to my manager. (laughs) Uh, You were in a band? A band. Yes, a rock and roll band. Called? Buddy and the Returnables. (laughs) True, buddy in the Returnables. <laughs> and what instrument were you uh, responsible uh, I for? I played uh, guitar and uh, keyboards and uh, bass sometimes when the bass player got too drunk. <laughs> I found that actually pretty exactly awful. common with bass players. <laughs> well, um, I and actually I should say, in fairness, it was actually our drummer who was the drunk. <laughs> he was the only drummer in history who would actually slow down. Oh, <laughs> but no. it was just because so he could reach for the bottle, bottle. of Jim Beam. <laughs> More easily. So you spent part of your misspent youth in the entertainment industry. I, uh, when I left college, I went straight into stand-up comedy and worked on the national circuit for six years. So we both have done that, and that's what you and I were chatting about. These people in the entertainment industry: Jennifer Holiday, Andre Bocelli, um, a cover band for Bruce Springsteen. I don't recall their name, and some other groups. The B Street Band. The B Street. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, thank you. And they've all accepted and then rejected opportunities to perform at the Trump inaugural. And it raises a couple of interesting questions for me, uh, starting with if Buddy and the Returnables got the call to regroup and perform for uh, Mr. Trump's festivities on Inauguration Day, would you take the gig? And what are the issues? That uh, I might. I don't know if my bandmates would. <laughs> uh, actually, a couple of them I think have become Republican over the years. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. I think it would be our patriotic duty. It's not about Trump. It's about it's about the change of power and peaceful transfer of power, like they always say. And you know, it's it's just ridiculous that people would think of this as a kind of endorsement of Trump. I mean, Trump got elected. <laughs> you know. Thumbing your nose at him is sort of like thumbing your nose at the whole process of getting elected. It is interesting because when you first of all, when you see how the Trump haters behave, it makes me want to, you know, rise up and confront them. It's kind of like old back yes. in the Cold War days, you weren't necessarily anti-communist, but you were anti-anti-communist, you know, that right. kind of thing. Right. And the idea that this uh, Jennifer Holiday would get death threats, which publicly she's claimed that she has. Andre Bocelli, a blind opera singer. When you th- come on, don't threaten the blind opera singer. Leave That's just, somebody. Have ex- you no yes, sense exactly. of decency? Besides, I don't understand why this is an issue. Just have him sing, and then afterwards he could say, oh, they didn't tell me I was at Trump's inaugural. <laughs> they told me I was working the Ottumwa County Fair. I had no idea. So he's got uh, to get out of jail free card. But that kind of pressure on people. I don't, I don't understand, Andy, where does it come from that – you, it's not just enough for you to avoid the guy, you to not like the guy, you know, these these liberals out there, but that you demand to the point of threats that others hate him too. Well, there is a is a kind of political mindset that uh, is just uh, totally rejects the idea of live and let live and has this sort of inner dynamic need, compulsion to force yourself onto other people's. I mean, that's kind of what's behind a lot of 
regulatory schemes is you can't let people go about their own business. So if Jennifer Holliday uh, decides that she wants to sing somewhere and it's somewhere that we don't think she should be singing, we get to tell her no. And if it takes a death threat or two, well, then that's, you know, you got to break a few eggs. <laughs> I guess you're right. Some people would say, well, hey, what about the Dixie Chicks back in the George J. Bush era where fans, you know, stopped buying their records and threw their, ran over their CDs with pick-em-up trucks and stuff. But I think it's one thing for the you know the fans to do something. It's another thing for the artists to yeah. say, "I'm a you know this is what I do. My country just had an election. I don't want to participate at all." Does it say something about the state of Hollywood and entertainment that the big name at Donald Trump's inauguration is going to be Toby Keith? And John Voight. John and John Voight. Voight. John, John Voight. Voight won a won an Academy Award. Great actor. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What was it? About? 49 years hey, ago, I think. He's still doing great acting. He is. He's a, he's a great actor. And now, now I guess we're going to... He's the one who's going to sing uh, Andrea Pacelli's part. <laughs> so we'll be able to see if he's going to... Straight from the up. Transformers to the <laughs> yeah, White House. Right. I, I love that. Well, here's... Right. This is the, the dilemma at the heart of it for me. On the one hand, my uh, admiration for the Constitution, all of my political thought says this is my country's election if whatever if donald trump said hey we want you to tell a few jokes and warm up the crowd you know get out your old stand-up comedy dust off your great you know clinton material and <laughs> come right, up here right, and wow right, us right. i would say i would be doing this for america on the other hand i really don't like donald trump i mean yeah, yeah. i really don't i'm really i my I, my hope is that whenever this ends eight years from now eight days from now, that I'll be able to say, you know, there's no moment on my resume of overlap. Right. Of well, Donald eight days Trump. from now, he'll probably be impeached. Anyway, That's what I'm so saying. Is he, yeah. th- with this guy, you don't know. Or he could just. I actually think this is going to end. He's just going to say one day, I don't need this garbage. Well, that's what uh, I thought was going to happen during the campaign. Yeah, shows no, how much t- I know. The thing is that the the whole point of a constitution is to depersonalize government people the, the the system of government does not rely on particular people that's why we have a constitution that lasts over hundreds of years when people come and go live and die do their own lives and then they get off the stage to personalize this thing to this extent really is as i said i mean it's kind of like an insult to the whole constitutional mm-hmm. way of viewing the country and um I think they ought to get off it. Well, see, let's just go back I, to hating problem... Trump. I'm I'm fine with that. Why do we have to make this big mess about? Oh, I'm not going to go, and I'm going to be Chelsea Handler. And <laughs> yes, Chelsea Handler, Van Jones, Lena Dunham, uh, a couple other people on the cover of Rolling Stone with "Let's Get to Work," and they're holding the American flag because then their work is to take on Trump. But when you say depersonalize it, my answer to that is. Donald Trump. I mean, it's hard to not. You know, sure, he's it such is a, hard. It's, it's, it's easy to depersonalize Calvin Coolidge. Not a, not well, a problem. He had done that himself. H.W. Bush. I could just, you know, right. was he there? I don't know. Gerald Ford. But yeah, um, but Trump is just tough. It's it's like no, no look. I, it, this is what I've always said. Trump is not, a, you know, part of the cultural divide. He's a symptom of the culture that that has, to large extent, been created by Hollywood mm-hmm. and and. Uh, so-called liberal media and all that stuff. I mean, he is uh, he, he is 
as it were, a personification of this whole personalized view of politics. Yes. Everything's personal. Everything's a grudge. Everything, you know, ideas don't enter in. Institutions don't enter in. It's all about one person versus another mm-hmm. person. And that is what the whole constitutional system was designed to get around, to prevent. And that's the way governments worked up until the Constitution. You know, other governments were right makes might. And, you know, there were personality cults and all that stuff. We got over that. Now they just, uh, everybody seems to want to go back to it, including Trump. Well, he is certainly the perfect response to the Obama era, as we're being reminded by President Obama taking his 473rd lap of his farewell tour. It is the only farewell tour that lasted longer than the original gig, apparently. (laughs) And all I can say is this whole dilemma with Trump, do you or do you not, it takes me back to the days when I was afraid here in D.C. I was going to meet President Clinton because... (laughs) On the one hand, you don't want to meet a sitting president and not shake his hand. On the other hand, you don't know where that hand yeah, has been. Yeah, yes, so it's 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 a dilemma all the way around. Thank you for helping us work our way through it, Andy Ferguson. Well, thank you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. And you can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.com, and you'll never miss another one. That's the Weekly Standard at iTunes.com. I'm your host, Michael Graham.